0: I everyone here to serve us this morning. Should we open the, the dirty for
1: we open our service in a word of prayer? My dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful Sunday morning, warm for this time of year, easy, easy to travel and get out. We thank you for this opportunity to gather this morning. And we're thankful for this, these facilities in this community that allows us to So freely gather here, keep the building heated, keep it open. We thank Thee for all these natural things. Thank Thee for our health and work and roof over our heads and clothing and all these things that make life complete. We thank Thee for this word that gathers, instructs us. And even as we enter a new year, we think of the years gone by and how fast they go. We thank you for that guiding hand and guiding spirit that only comes through this word. And even this morning we pray that this word would have, as, as the scriptures say, free course among us that it could flow freely amongst us that we can gather and garner help and comfort and hope even in the song we just sang hope of earth and joy of heaven we need these things we need encouragement be with our speaking brother this morning this is, this word could be opened unto us in power as we read that Jesus spoke with power and authority, and the Pharisees didn't understand, and it made him envious and angry, oh, that this word would be the opposite in our hearts and lives, that it would bring understanding and joy and peace to our lives, to our homes. We pray for our nations, our leaders. As this world is seemingly going downhill badly, we know that our hope is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep our eyes fixed on that. Keep our eyes fixed on Him. Our eyes fixed on heaven's shore. Watch over all Thy children, wherever they may be. Those that may be shut in for reasons of health or old age or whatever it might be, comfort them. Send thy servants unto them to visit them and nurture them in their spiritual walk. And oh, that we may all reach heaven's shore one day. Hear us now as we pray together that prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Someone have a song to continue with?
0: 353.
1: 353. Bye.
2: We be greeted this morning with greetings of grace and mercy and peace from God our Heavenly Father through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This is so often I would ask this morning as George has already asked in his prayer for your prayers that the Spirit could open this word and even open my lips that we could be fed we are this morning in natural terms I say standing on the edge of a new year and we measure time in this way we are beings that are so bound by time I have said a number of times to people We're talking about different things biblically I said when you can explain to me how there can be no time It'll be easier to explain a number of things in the word even And how it is that We live And deal and our whole Everything is dependent upon time And it, it passes whether we want it to or not It is something that we can look at a clock, and it seems like a very arbitrary thing. We look at years, and it seems that way also. And yet I'm sure many have experienced how it seems that there can be happenings, and it may be many years back, and yet it seems just like yesterday. And sometimes time can seem to travel so slowly. Other times it passes much quicker than we would want it to, and yet it continues. And yet as Christians we understand that this is only temporary, and that there was, we are looking forward to a time or a period where there is no time as we know it and I don't understand that my mind can't comprehend it and yet by faith I know it is so and I think that even that little fact if we were able to impress it upon people's hearts to understand that there is something after this time where there is no time and it goes on forever and then it would be I'm a, maybe i'm wrong but i i would seem that it would put more push or prompting or provoking of a heart to look to the matters that are more important when you realize that there is something that is forever and that we have the understanding that we can either spend that forever with a loving and caring God with a place that is beyond our understanding of good I'll use the word or we can spend that away from God in a place that is beyond our comprehension of simply put bad I'm sure we go through days in this life where everything seems to go wrong, where there's maybe trials that we're dealing with, or something that we're dreading that is we're looking looking to happen, coming up. We see people struggling here in this life and they have very trying and poor and troubling circumstances. And I've had People say when someone has passed away from something that, well, they're at least they're in a better place now. And I have to admit that there's times where I believe that is so. But there's also times where I feel that (coughs) I have to say I cringe. Because I don't think the person saying it understands that there is really nothing in this life I don't believe that. Can be bad enough to compare to eternity away from God. And it is, I believe, even as we look forward to this coming year, and none of us have any promises that we'll even make tomorrow, let alone the end of the next year, or the year after that, or, excuse me, even the end of the day. We likely will, and we, we live life, we can't live life like we're going to die in the next second, we live, and it is something that is, I don't know, I remember my mom telling me that we live as if we're going to live a hundred years and we live as if we're going to die tomorrow, and, and as Christians it is a lot of how it is, and it is easier to do that when we are living (coughs) with faith trusting that as we walk through this life we have the power of the universe, the creator and maker of this universe to lead us and guide us who has an overview of a much bigger picture than we are even aware of and is guiding us unerringly And sometimes I know myself, I struggle with that and I see things happening in life and it's like, does God really know and understand and care about what is going on when this is happening? And usually it's to me, so I can point it at myself, because I'm feeling whatever, (coughs) neglected or that he maybe really doesn't understand the situation like I do. But he does. And he knows much better than we do. I'm sure all of us who have dealt with little ones and they have something that they would desire to happen right now. And they think that that is the most important thing that could ever happen in their life at that point, probably. And we recognize that while maybe they would think it's good in the big picture, it's not good for them. And it isn't for the, in their best interest, actually. And we look at that and we get a tiny glimpse of how it is that God views us. He knows that there are things that aren't good for us in the big picture. That yes, we think it would be wonderful now, but down the road it's going to take us down a trail that leads away from Him. We understand from the Word of God that it is His greatest desire that we as people would be His children and walk in His will from now till the day that we pass into eternity. And I pray that as we face this year, we look at what is going on in the world around us. As George mentioned, especially as Christians. It's very, we don't have to look very hard or very far to see that the world, even our country, which was founded on godly principles, is turning away from those things. And we as Christians, we cringe at those things knowing that it is to the detriment of all of us. We would... I guess, desire that we would have the blessings that there is in being a godly nation, that those would be bestowed upon us. And yet the word of God would indicate that that is not always how the case is going to be. And yet there is that promise put in many different places and ways, even where Jesus says, I will be with you to the end of time. And that doesn't mean that at the end of time he's also not going to be there, but we will see him face to face. But he will be there and he will care for us. And it doesn't matter what any man, no matter how powerful or determined he is to <coughs> belittle or turn away from God. God will care for his children. And may we be given faith to walk with that assurance. And as we look at those ones around us, whether it be children or old ones or young ones, God has the same strength to care for all of them. And let us as parents and elders make it a priority to put that knowledge and message and give that message of faith to those little ones. Because if it is by faith they are walking, the devil is unable to take that away. For a text this morning, I will turn to the book of Psalms. I will read the 66th Psalm in its entirety, reading in Jesus' name. Make a joyful noise unto, the, unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee they shall sing to thy name selah come and see the works of god he is terrible in his doing towards the children of men he turned the sea into dry land they went through the flood on foot where did we rejoice in there did we rejoice in him he ruled by his power forever his eyes behold the nations let not the rebellious exalt themselves selah O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, thou layest afflictions upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings, and with the incense of rams I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen. It is something, and I believe because we are so human, that the reality of it is if we were, we would look at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and we understand from what the Bible tells us that Lazarus' life was not one very glorious, it would appear to be rather hard and troublesome and not very easy and yet we see and then there is I'm sure most of us have heard spoken how it is an interesting thing in the Bible how Lazarus is given a name the rich man is not but the point is is that the reality of this life is no matter how difficult our natural life is if there is that knowledge and understanding that we're a child of God and that assurance in our heart and we're able to face those things with faith then in reality we have reason to give thanks and praise God and yes as we have troubles in this world they look like they are something that can be long-lasting and something that is very, if I say, tedious. And yet, in reality, we know that no matter how long our life is here and how much the trials, if we have left heaven to look forward to, we are most blessed. And this life will seem but... Almost, well, it says that the life is as a wisp of smoke or as grass that is dried in the sun. It's just gone. And it is how it is. When we were little, I can remember being the age of some of these little ones here, and even something as we've just passed Christmas, it seemed, we were, I was looking forward to it, and it seemed like it took forever to get there as time goes on and we get older and I don't know what it is somehow it seems like time is a relative thing in some senses but these happenings whether it be Christmas or whatever it is they come and they go by so fast and we're at it again before we seem to do it as time goes by and I don't know it it seems to be part of getting older and it is maybe the experiences and memories that we have, and that time frame sort of doesn't change no matter how old we get, but it is how it is. And we have to remember to encourage those little ones to know that it is actually what we are going to face when we pass from this life that is most important. And if we know God, and if I say maybe more importantly, if God through Christ knows us, we are most blessed. And we have reason to give thanks and praise. It says, Sending forth the honor of his name, make his praise glorious. praise God whether we do it in our lives or whether we do it in song I know that in Hebrews the end of Hebrews it says this I can find it here By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. So it is the sacrifice that we have to offer God, which is praise to him continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So there we see the most important thing that we are to praise God or how we are to praise God. By giving thanks for what he has given us. And it probably gives some insight into why it is that the devil would want to bring any little trouble and put it as something that he wants us to focus on and think of and just look at that and always be worried about these troubles that we face so that we could would take our eyes off of those blessings that we have and most importantly that blessing of salvation that we would not be thankful to God i remember my grandfather saying it and it seemed that he said it quite often that if we just take and the time to count our blessings We don't have time to complain. And it is true. I can still find time to complain because there's so many things that are easy for this natural being to overlook. It's an interesting thing here. And it mentions it a number of times through our text. It says, "Sing forth the honor of His name." And I have to admit that I have read those, these places in the Bible, and I wish that I had a little bit more insight into that name and the power that there is in the name of God. The thought comes to my mind: there's a place in the beginning of Isaiah and it's speaking about the end times. And I believe that it's speaking about a type of church, basically. But it makes this statement. It says, And in in that day, seven women, sorry, this is the fourth chapter of Isaiah, and in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man and say, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel, only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach and I believe that it is telling us that they want to do their own thing but they still want to be called by that name of Christ and we see that even, even though they don't want to take advantage of the fullness of what God has offered they still want to be called by that name because there is some, they recognize there is something there and it is something that I even see, it tells us, and takes that relationship between a husband and a wife in the Bible and, and compares it to the relationship of the church and us individually as the church to Christ. And we see how it is that traditionally when we get married, the, wife, the, the woman will take the name of the husband. And I believe that it is just another picture of how we as Christians want it to be. We want God to see us through Christ. We want that name to be ours, that we are His. And we know in the world, even in the natural sense, there are times when someone can come and even... And I have mentioned how ambassador works. But an ambassador doesn't come in their own name. They come in the name of the, and if we go back to, I say, biblical times, they would come in the name of the king. And that is what gave them their authority and their power and put credence to what they were proclaiming. And I believe that that is how it is that we would desire to be. When we make, when we're talking about important matters, matters of salvation and eternity, and even if it is, if we're talking about how to deal with natural things here, even if it seems like something small, that we would look to this word So we can make statements and give direction that would have the backing and the authority of God. It isn't just something that I come up with. This seems like a good idea. No, this is what the word of God says. And I think sometimes we will find that it is something that we would wish was different. Or that we could make some other proclamation on a situation and say, well, yeah, that would be a good idea. But that we would make sure that it isn't our statement. It is what the word says. That we are backing what we say with the name of Christ. There is power in that name. And as I say, I don't know that I fully understand it, but it is so. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. To the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. There we see that again. It is speaking of that name of God. And that there is power there. And that it will people would be sub, submissive to that name of Christ. Because with that name comes the full authority of God. We know that in the beginning... It tells us that Christ was there. It says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Christ was there. What does it tell us? That Christ is the Word of God. God said, And there was light. I think that as Christians... We have a small glimpse of the power that there is there when we ask and we are encouraged to do that. Even in our prayers. We pray in Jesus' name. Because we are asking in the authority that is given to us through Him. And there is power there. I remember reading a story an account, it was in a book that was talking about people who had it near, near death or had died and come back to life, depending on how you want to word that, and there was a story of this elderly lady who was on her deathbed, and her family was around there, and I don't remember exactly how it worded, but, or, <coughs> excuse me, how she worded it. But she had obviously, I don't know, she'd experienced things where she had been from this life and and back and forth, sort of, I will put it, this is my terminology. Anyway, when she came one time and she had woke up and she had said to those around her, she asked them to quit praying that she would not die because they were praying that she would continue to be live she said it is bringing me back and I don't want to be here anymore I want to go to eternity and it's almost hard for me to believe that there is that much power in our prayers but there is and especially for when we Pray in the name of Christ. We're asking for the power of God to accomplish this. And I believe that we are given even these things that it mentions here in these next two verses. We're given those things and reminded those things in the Bible So we see the power that God has. And that we could understand that we are playing with great power. And it's something that... It's just how it is. We look at the world and the devil has been given a certain amount of power. He is very busy and I believe that he works very hard to make it look like it is something much greater than it is and then on other hand he makes it look like it is much less than it is but we understand from the word of God that he has been overcome by God that the victory is already won it is ours But their God is all powerful, and He doesn't, if I say, throw that power around so freely as the devil is, because He knows what is good for us, and I believe that that is even why we are encouraged in the Bible and shown example even in Christ to save. Not my will, but thy will be done. <clears throat> that we could be assured that no matter what we think, and no matter how important we think something is, that it would happen, if I say right now, and I'm speaking just from my impatience oftentimes, but that we would acknowledge that fact that. God knows best and maybe right now is not the time for something or maybe never is the time for something. But in spite of what I think, we I acknowledge that God knows better. And I am not going to tell him what to do. We have that teaching out in the world around us and in so-called some circles of Christianity, that it, God is just waiting there for us to make, and I will use the term demands on him that he could fulfill them. I don't believe it so. Yes, we are encouraged to pray for things and ask for things, even when Jesus, when he's teaching the disciples about prayer, um, whoops wrong place. he says that God and I will just read it um, and when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men verily I say unto you they have their reward But he still desires that we would ask. And that is something beyond my understanding. But it is what it tells us. We are encouraged to pray. And trust that God will answer and hears. Well, at the end of our text even, it makes that statement that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And I think it's easy, maybe it's just for me, to look at that and say, well, I must be really not a child of God because God isn't listening to me. And the devil would like to lead us down that track, or lead me down that track, I know that. But just because God isn't answering the way I want to, is no indication that God does not hear. It's an indication that he... Cares about my well-being and knows what it is better than I do. It says here, and it tells us what God can do. It says, Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing towards the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruled by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. We know the stories, even as it indicates here, of the children of Israel passing through the Red Sea. And how God had power over those things, over the sea, that they could go there, and he destroyed the Egyptians. It is how it is. He sees all that is happening, and in spite of what the world looks like, he is in control. And exactly why he allows some of these things? I don't know. But he does. But we know even if we read. What leads up to the. Flood at Noah's time. That it is troubling to to God. It isn't something that he wants to happen. (coughs) And yet he allows it. But we know even as he carried Noah through that protected him I'm sure it was not an easy time to see all those people or know that all those people were going to be killed and that you're in a little boat in the middle of vast nothingness of water with all these animals and all this stuff and yes we know the outcome so we see that but I'm sure living it would have been a trial of faith. We have those same things, but God will carry us through just as he did then. And we can trust that. And we are encouraged to, I believe, one of the reasons we are encouraged to look into the word of God so we can see how God takes care of his own through seemingly the greatest trials. O oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise heard, <coughs> which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. There we see the promise that God gives to his children, and why we are to offer blessings and praise to God and that we would share that with others that others could hear it says the voice of his praise to be heard i I believe even spoke on it there it speaks of tithing in Malachi and i believe that it is something that we are to It is speaking spiritually that we are to share what God has done for us of the growth in our life of faith and of our walk and of our trials, that we are to share those things with others that people could be encouraged. And I think we are. When we hear how God has worked in someone's life, when they share with us how he has given them strength and faith to deal with something, We are to share those things. It says, the voice of his praise to be heard. When God helps us through something, gives us wisdom to deal with something, it should, and I believe it does as Christians, give us a thankful heart. It maybe humbles us often at times, and rightfully so. And I believe that there is times that God allows that we try and try to figure out something and to deal with something until we've run out of options and just have to give it to Him and we can see His abilities. And our, our beings, us, would be humbled even as John says that He would be lifted up and I, He would increase and I would decrease. It is that way in all of our lives that God would increase and we would decrease. And yes, it is humbling for this flesh. But thanks be to God, he accomplishes it it still. And when we share those things one with another, I believe that it is part of this praise that is to be heard. We're to do that. We're to share what God has done for us. which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved another way I believe of how it's Jesus said he would be with us always God takes care of this undying soul as his child and we are to as the word says figuratively We are to stand on that solid rock, which is Christ. That is to be our foundation. And we will not be moved. God has promised that. He promises that right here. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. (coughs) We read... In other places, in another place in one of the Psalms, I believe even it mentions that God trying us as silver and taking the dross off the top. And we know how that works, I'm sure most of us, how it is heated, whether it's gold or silver, it is heated and those impurities come to the top and they're taken away. It is not something that our natural being wants to happen, because it is through trials. It talks about fire. Trials of fiery, fiery trials, I'll put it that way. Things that are not very fun for us to deal with. It says, Thou brought us into the net, thou laid affliction upon our loins, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. And if I say lots of these things could be put into the term experience, God allows us to experience these things. So that when we tell someone that God can get you through this, it isn't just some theory that we're telling them. We have maybe, and and it is why I believe that we have different experiences in life. I maybe haven't experienced what you have, and you haven't experienced what someone else has, but then someone comes along who's experienced something that one of us has dealt with. God has made sure of that. And we have the experience to relate to them and be able to tell them with confidence. God can get you through that. He can carry you. Put your faith in him. It isn't something that's just some theory that I know. It's because I know I have had to live through that. And it's maybe something that we wouldn't wish on anyone. But still it has happened to us. God has allowed it because he wanted us to know that he is our strength and that he can carry us through. And we can assure others that he can carry them through also. He can give them strength for each and every situation. And it says but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. It's interesting how this is worded here. It doesn't say that it will necessarily bring us to a place where there's just peace and comfort. In this world, those are very temporary and fleeting things. And we know that What is most important is that peace and joy of a good conscience. Peace before God. But it is of great... uses the word wealth here. When we have experienced those things, it is of great value. Because we have experienced the power of God and the care of God for us individually I will go into my house with burnt offerings I will pay thee my vows which my lips have uttered and my mouth have spoken when I was in trouble it seems to be the human way of doing things we're in trouble and we say, well, God, if you get me through this, I'll do such and such. If we do that, do, follow through with what we say. It, it <coughs> Excuse me. There are many places in the Bible where it puts importance on us carrying through with any vow that we make before God. God knows us. He knows it in our humanness. Oftentimes we will say, well, if God, if you'll take care of me through this, this is how I will be, or this is what I will do. And it tells us it's important to follow through with that. In one place it says, it is better that you would not vow than that you would vow and not do it. It says, I will pay thee my vows. Let us do that which my lips have uttered when my mouth hath spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks and goats, say love. We know that in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, that they literally came and made these sacrifices to God. And if they were saying that I will sacrifice whatever if I'm in to get through this situation, they were to do it. And I believe that we are to do the same. <laughs> I already spoke about what it said there in Hebrews, the sacrifice that we are to offer. And there's, I don't know if I can turn to it here. This is David speaking. It says, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, will thou not despise. God is looking for the right heart condition. That we would be broken in our human strength. And that there would be contrition for what we have done and what we are and also that we would offer that sacrifice of thanks to him for what he has done when we have for ourselves experienced that the sin that is weighing us down that it has been forgiven and we are free and the joy that that brings that we would praise God by giving thanks and that is the sacrifice we offer, the sacrifice of what Christ has done. We can stand on that; it is our sure foundation. It says, "Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul." I cried unto Him with my mouth, and He extolled with my tongue, and He was extolled with my tongue. This isn't something that we are to just keep to ourselves. And yes, we as individuals have different personalities. Some people are much more, if I say people, people, people. It's easy for them to share that with others in lots of situations. Some of us, not so much. But maybe we're able to relate to someone in great depth that is necessary. God knows what it is. We, we, um, I'm sure all of us have read the parable of the talents. And how the one man hid it in the earth. And it wasn't something God wanted. He is not only reprimanded, but he is sent to an eternity in hell because of doing that. What God has done for us is not something that we are to hide or cover up. We're to share it with others. Because it is truth and it is what people can see and it is what the Spirit can use to draw others. That there is something that they desire. Something we have as Christians. And we are to share that. I think it, I don't know if I can turn to it here, but it says we're to be instant in season and out of season to share what God has done for us or the hope that lieth within. Sorry, I can't just turn to it. I can't think of where it is. But that is how it is. We are to be quick and willing to share about that salvation that is ours and that Christ that is ours. says if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me I already mentioned this verse and it's interesting terminology because we do see iniquity we look at iniquity around us we see it in ourselves but if I regard iniquity in my heart if we see that there is a problem in our heart and we just look at that and don't deal with it as God has said to says the Lord will not hear us (coughs) if there is something that is put on our heart something that is put on our conscience to deal with let us do that. It says, come boldly to that throne of grace and altar of mercy. That mercy seat, we, we have been given it, that the, the veil was rent in twain, that we could go directly to that mercy seat. We can go and hear those things forgiven. Make confession It says, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. When sin is no longer a problem because of what Christ has done, and it is covered by the blood of Christ, God hears our prayer. It tells us in one place that death and hell are before the eyes of God, How much the souls of man, and how much even more than that, the souls of his children. If we are a child of God, if the spirit of God dwells in us, he hears us. He cares for us. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. I believe that as we walk through life, we recognize how thankful we can be. And how we can make this statement of how we thank God. And it's, I guess it's just to me one of the... If I say the anomalies of the English language, how God blesses us and then it says that we bless God and it's very different things. God's blessing on us is from power to weakness. Ours is giving thanks from weakness to power. And we can be thankful as his children we can be assured of this he has not turned away from our prayers he hears our prayers and he is merciful to us in spite of our failures shortcomings he is merciful and I believe that's part of in our lives how we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of God to grow in understanding of how gracious God truly is. And when we fail and he is still there for us, he is still willing to uplift us and carry us. We grow in understanding of how complete and full that grace is and how merciful of God we have. And as we go even in the next few hours into what we naturally call a new year. May we do it with that confidence and assurance that God will be there too. He will be with us today. He will give us faith today and tomorrow. And the next day, He knows how long it is that He has given us to be here but he assured us that he will be here with us till that time comes to an end. May God add his blessing to his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we humble our hearts and receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
0: Um,
2: I guess a couple of things. Um, One, I'll just remind people, there's gales. Tomorrow, what time is Any that? Any time after three. Any after three. Feel free to come there and visit the fellowship. To call them. And then, is there anybody you to have Bible study next Thursday? Sorry. So Bible study will be at place Thursday evening, seven thirty. And the other thing I, that I will mention is. I, I had these dates in my head but I think something like that like there's this Saturday and then the next two Saturdays and I don't know if there's one that works better if we have an annual meeting so I sort of missed, skip out on am sure here but we will so I don't know whether like this Saturday is probably a little scary, but there's the, the 13th and the 20th does anybody have any preference or know anything in their? Could or make one of those days. Should we say the 13th? That way we can kind of get it in the works. So we'll plan on the 13th that we will have our annual meeting. Does somebody have a song that you can
0: close up? Some She'll have to
2: it.
0: Here. I'm going to close